0: Welcome back to the Celtics Corner, hosted by Brian Naster, where we recap every Celtics game. I'm joined by special guests on the show with in-depth breakdowns, latest topics, and anything Celtics. I have a question for you. Do you bleed green and gold? If you do, you are in the right place. Make sure to follow my podcast as well as my socials at CelticsCorner underscore on Twitter and Instagram for live game updates, posts, and discussions for your Boston Celtics. Ah, it's good to be back. Sorry, I had to take a week off uh, personal business, but I am back and I missed you guys. But we had a lot of games that we missed, a lot of uncover, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it down for you, all right? First things first, the biggest thing of them all, Jason Tatum finally named a starter for the NBA All-Star Game in Utah coming up in two weeks, I believe, the 19th, I believe the game is. So we're right there. Tatum finally named officially an NBA all-star starter. Uh, Kudos to him. He deserves it. I think he all deserves a round of applause. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He deserves it. He deserves it. But um, we got to break that down, though. He finished third in voting. So Giannis and Giannis finished first, Katie second. Obviously, Joel Embiid got snubbed here, and Daryl Morey, of course, had to get involved. The president of the Sixers slammed Boston media for snubbing Joel Embiid. Let's back up here. Let's back up, and I'm gonna I'm gonna credit Chris Mannix on this uh, journalist, NBC Boston, it's for um, great guy. Love his content, his show. He brought this up on his show, and he he basically. He basically fired back at him. And I think he hit the nail right on the coffin. He basically uh, called him out saying, listen, you got 1.5 million people in Philly, right? And you got 500,000 people in Milwaukee. Fan votes account for 50% of all-star voting. The other 25% is NBA players. And the other 25% is the media, right? Daryl Morey is slamming the Boston media for the reason why Joel Embiid was not named a starter. Instead, heavily Jason Tatum. Now, before I say this, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid are on the same level. You could basically make the argument they're at the same level, talent-wise. They're right there. They're both MVP candidates. Amazing, amazing players uh, for the East. They, They basically are the East, okay? So not one's better than the other. Okay, before I say this, but he makes a good point. How are you going to point your fingers at the media, specifically Boston, for snubbing Joel Embiid when yet you're getting outvoted by Milwaukee for Giannis to be the number most votes when Milwaukee only has 500,000 people? And I mean, obviously anybody can vote for... Giannis, doesn't matter where you live, but you have, you have dedicated fans in Philly, 1.5 million of them. And you're going to point your fingers at the Boston media for the reason why Joel Embiid is not an NBA all-star starter. I think that's outrageous to even make a claim like that. You, you, look at yourself in the mirror, blame yourself and only yourself and your marketing team, because this is on you and nobody else. Do not come over boston and slam us for the reason why joel Embiid got uh snubbed now that brings up another issue should nba all-star game be a positionalist game a hundred percent yes the game has evolved from where it used to be 20 30 years ago where now you don't need to have a dedicated point guard shooting guard small forward center right it has dedicated itself it is it has transformed the game over time, with teams playing small ball or, you know, having a lot of bigs, we've seen it time and time again. And I think, for the sake of the all star game, at least, there should be no positions in the all star game. It, I think that makes it even more fun just because you could play around with the different types of talent that you have across the NBA, all sharing the same court together you know, have a bunch of point guards out there, or shooting guards, and then, you know, maybe have a bunch of bigs. Who said, like, make it positionalist. I think that, I think, you know, if you can play the game positionalist, why can't you play the All-Star game positionalist, right? So why should the votes be accounted into that? And I think this will be changed over the next couple of years for sure. Um, Hopefully sooner rather than later, but you can make the argument I mean, it's not even an argument. It's just a fact at this point. The four best players in the NBA in the Eastern Conference, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid. So, yes, half of it is a problem on Daryl Morey's plate when it comes to marketing and whatever, because 50% of your fans obviously did not vote enough for... Um, Joel Embiid in this case, but the other half of the issue is the NBA needs to change how they do the um their voting. Because let's be honest, Donovan Mitchell is an NBA all-star starter? Nah. Nah. No. I mean, you can make Kyrie Irving, sure, I guess, but I just don't know how he ended up being on top after all the shenanigans that happened in the beginning of the season. But when again you have a city like New York, one of the biggest populated cities in the country, of course, you're going to get a lot of people um, voting for Kyrie Irving. So there's a disadvantage there with the 50% fan voting. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, positionless basketball sh- should be a thing in the NBA All-Star game when it comes to voting. And Jalen Brown, yes, you can make the argument he got snubbed. You could put him over Donovan Mitchell or Kyrie Irving any day of the week. I think he deserves that all starter spot alongside with his teammate Tatum. Fortunately, we're not going to get to see that this season. Hopefully, hopefully next season. But for now, probably Jalen Brown will be a reserve in the all star game. Um, but other than that, congratulations on both of them and Daryl Morey. Shut your damn mouth. Next, another guy, head coach, interim. Intern. Let me repeat. Intern. Head coach Joe Missoula named the head coach for Team Giannis in the NBA All Star Game. I could not be more excited about this. He deserves it more than anybody, and I'm glad it finally, the news finally was broken out yesterday. He acts all oh, oh I don't care, whatever you know. And Marcus Smart made a little comment saying bullshit, bullshit. It is a big deal, especially since I believe he is the first NBA intern head coach in NBA history to coach an NBA all-star game, which is an an accomplishment in itself. And and he is the first Celtics head coach to coach the all-star game since Brad Stevens, I I believe back in 2017. So again, uh, credit where credit is due with this guy. He did a phenomenal job with this team after taking a team that fell short two games last season uh, in the NBA finals and everything that happened with Ime Yodoka over the offseason, he could have shit the bed with this team instead. He made it 10 times better. 10 times better. Obviously, with the direction of Brad Stevens and, you know, him uh, picking players, making this team, having the best system accounts to it as well. But Joe Missoula has been a class act ever since game one of this season. And I just enjoy the way he coaches. Um, he doesn't overstep but at the same time, I think he's the right guy for the right job. And it should be interesting. It should be interesting what happens this, this offseason with the Boston Celtics, whether or not they want to go back with Ime Yodoka or they, the Celtics' success of this season will reflect on whether or not Joe Mazzula will get that starting head coach position and they'll just let Ime Yodoka walk out the door. So that's something that I, I'm going to keep an eye on. And I'm, I, he's won me over Joe Missoula. He's won me over. I like, a, I love me a nice cup of Joe and he's, you know, he's joking around with the players and he's just, he has a great chemistry to the team as well. Um, so again, kudos to Joe Missoula. Let's give him a nice round of applause. Mm-hmm. Good job, Joe. Anyways, moving forward. We also have the trade deadline that is associated with the NBA All-Star Game. Uh, Right before All-Star Weekend, we have the trade deadline, which is very huge, coming up in a couple weeks. And obviously, you hear all sorts of rumors and buzz about potential trades, yada, yada, yada. Um, I don't think the Celtics should really do much. They got the team they need. Just got to stay healthy and play the best basketball they can. And not a single team could beat them in a seven-game series, let's be honest. And we know this team is doing a deep playoff run. So how much more help do you need? Well, you can make the argument we might need a little bit help on the big sides of of the team. You know, you got Al Horford, um Rob Williams carrying a lot of the load for them, Grant Williams and another guy, but uh, you know, Luke Cornette has been getting some great minutes as well. But again, um you got guys like Peyton Pritchard, and he's averaging a career low right now of twelve and a half minutes per game. And it sucks because Peyton Pressure is a phenomenal basketball player. A lot of young talent. Um, the root, the, the, the potential is sky high with him in where he could take his career off. He's, I believe shooting a 40%, uh three point percentage from the field um, in his career. And it just sucks because there's just so much depth on the Celtics bench. Uh, it, they're deeper than the damn ocean. And This guy camp doesn't get the minutes he deserves, and I agree. I mean, he was on the Point Forward podcast yesterday with Andre Iguodala, and they were asking him questions about you know where you see yourself in five to ten years, and he he said like, "Oh, obviously, after I'm done here, after this year, I'd like to look be a part of a bigger role a little bit. That doesn't necessarily mean somewhere else, but he's gonna push that narrative with Brad Stevens." in the front office, hey, I love this team and I want to be a big piece of that. Uh, Here, I'll I'll read you the quote. Uh, And I quote, he says, I definitely do. It's obvious what I work for. I think that's what Brad Stevens and them know too. We've had this discussion, but a bigger role. I want to be part of a winning culture, but I also want to help that, be a big piece of that. I'm not saying it's the best player on the team, but I don't know what my future holds unless I can't take that next step. I don't know what is in for five or 10 years, but I just want to look back and know that I put my best foot forward. I put all the work in. So whatever happens, I can live with it as long as I did it my way. That's the most important for me. And I love uh, again, huge, huge Peyton Pritchard guy. Um, He's just, he's just a class talent. I mean, you just see him whenever he plays on the court and, he, he kind of reminds me of the movie, the movie Rudy. um You know the true story with the Notre Dame football player. And here's the: you just get this guy, just so much talent. Doesn't get the time he deserves on the court, but he he lays it all out there every time. You know he the def and and defensively he's significantly improved. When you're working under the minds of Marcus Smart and Derek White, you know two top. Guard, defensive guards in the league, one being a defensive player of the year. I mean, of course, that's going to be a great tool learning from those guys. You know, in earlier in your young career, because we're already seeing it as it is how he plays. Um, go, you know, stealing balls behind people's backs. You know, they would get a defensive rebound, and he'll d- down low and chirp him down low and get that ball back. I mean, this guy is just always entertaining to watch. I never. I never uh, wanted bad for him, but at the end of the day, it comes down to whether or not that he will be a part of the Celtics in a bigger piece later down the road. And unfortunately, I don't see that happening. I think it's just such an uphill climb for him at this point when you have Marcus Smart, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, that I don't think he will really ever get to be able to touch um, that point in the career where he wants to be. And I think he deserves... I think he deserves um, a bigger role somewhere else. And I will root for him wherever he goes. But if you are the Celtics, do you keep him for the rest of his contract or do you trade him away for value? And that's a tough question. As much as I want him to be a Celtics for the rest of his contract and just go into restricted free agency... I think the va- you can get good value with him right now um and look for uh, another big that you can have come off the bench to fill in for guys like Al Horford or Rob Williams because it's that mid season um body wear and tear you got Rob Williams missing games here and there, Al Horford we've seen him miss a couple, so these guys are getting banged up, you know it's mid season of course you're gonna see them miss out a couple of games. And when you're and when you're down bigs, it's, you know, it's very hard for this team to win games. Um, So I definitely want I want to see Peyton. I want to see what Brad Stevens can do with Peyton Pritchard. We know what he's capable of doing. I mean, we fleeced the damn Pacers in the offseason for Malcolm Brogdon. So um, if there was a trade to happen, I'm sure Peyton Pritchard would be involved in it somewhere. Um, Other than that. Let's take it back to Saturday with the Lakers game. Uh, We all know Celtics pulled away with that after going on a three-game losing streak. They finally got back in the winning column against one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Maybe not a big one in today's day and age, but Lakers-Celtics, classic NBA game, national stage, national television. Everybody's watching. I was watching out in the bars, and. I just remember uh, watching what happened towards the end of the game. And yes, yes, LeBron, it was a foul. We all know it was a foul. Um, but the way he acted, you're acting like a damn child. How old is this guy? He's 38, almost 40, you know, 21 seasons in the NBA. Uh, LeBron, your class has just gone down the... Downhill, so downhill, out the window. He has no class anymore, and honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a grown adult act that way before over a missed a missed foul call. You're acting like this is a game in the NBA Finals. It's a regular season game, and let's be honest, it's not like you're holding a spot in the playoff. You know, playoff contention right now. You're not even in contention. Celtics, yeah, it means something. We're at the we're number one. We're the team to beat in the NBA, pretty much. Um. But I mean, emotions got to him, and that's fine. We've seen that enough. But this is not the first time it's happened in this case. And for him to say, this is what he said after the game I watch basketball every single day. I want these games. I I watch these games every single day. Um, I don't see anybody else. It's weird. Stop it. Stop it. Me and you both know, everybody knows that LeBron James has benefited. More from missed foul calls in his whole career than he has um been been penalized for it in a negative way. Don't 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 play that game, LeBron. This happens to everybody, and we've all seen it. I've seen it with Jason Tatum, I've seen it with John Morant. It's been all across the league for years now. And again, these guys are humans. And I I mentioned this before with referees. Is there an officiating problem? Yes, you can make that argument. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Are you going to have robots officiate the game? No. This this game is based off of emotion, big moments. Certain, certain teams are going to be more physical than others at certain times. I'm not saying that it wasn't a foul. It was a foul, but you didn't lose the game. <laughs> Excuse me. You didn't lose the game. You had five minutes left in overtime to prove yourself, get your ass back out there and win the damn game. But instead you cried about it on the floor for 56 seconds, which got, to, uh, you know, I think the referees gave him a technical for that. And, and even Pat Beverly grabbing a photographer's camera and walking over to the referees, showing him the photos. Oh my God. I've never, I, what is this? High school? Are you kidding me? I've never seen. I, honestly, I don't even know how Pat Bev wasn't even ejected from the game from that. Where do the players get off to be able to do stuff like that? I, I've never seen that in my life. These these players are getting way too comfortable. They're getting way. They're they're thinking they're above the law, uh, in in this case. And you know what? This wasn't even a this wasn't even a conversation to talk about for for the past couple of years. I've seen it all with Tatum clapping his hands, getting called a, a technical. John Moran, oh, he's too small. Technical. I've seen it all. Nothing gets brought up about it. But when LeBron complains, the whole world complains and then becomes a big stunt. And you got NBA shows, you got the media, you got sports shows. Everybody, everybody is now, it's it's an issue and it's getting brought to attention because it's LeBron, right? Yes, there's an officiating problem, but... I don't think you can do anything about it. I don't think it really comes to what the calls are, but it more so the temperament. The the temperament of the referees have gone gotten um more loose lately and out of control uh over the past couple of years with these technical calls and these just insane calls and how they play the game and it, and ruins the games. Because you think about the fans, the fans want to go there and watch their favorite player play and then but you know when they got Two or three fouls and a technical on them. They're sitting most of the game. They're not going to play the whole game. So, yeah, there's a lot of negative factors to it. But at the same time, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We've seen it all across sports. I can bring up the Bengals and Chiefs game, but I'm not going to do that because this is a Boston Celtics podcast. We're moving on. We're moving on. And Well, actually, I'll say one more thing. Chandler Parsons had a funny thing to say about LeBron's antics Saturday night. He says... I can watch my French bulldog get ran over by a mailman right now, and I would not react like that. Anyways, we're done. We're moving forward. Chandler Parsons always stays relevant in the NBA. Another news, another Tatum making the headlines, uh, the most headlines, actually. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Warriors played the Celtics in Boston, Boston won it in overtime. That was a great game. Um, after the game, there was this video of Deuce with Tatum while Tatum was getting uh interviewed, and Draymond Green came behind him, surprised him, you know, shook him around, whatever. It's the cutest video I've ever seen in my life. I mean, besides any dog videos, but god damn. Uh, it has generated more than 66 million views across the NBA social media platforms. Most viewed NBA Twitter video this season with 6.8 million views. Most viewed and like NBA Facebook reel ever. In NBA history, uh, thirty-one million views, and then third most viewed TikTok this season, fifteen point five million. It just Deuce has a way with the people, you know. This is such a cute kid. I love, I love that kid. Other than that, we have a game tomorrow: Celtics, Nets. Celtics hosting their divisional rival. Um, third meeting this season. Celtics are two and zero against them. Looking to extend that lead. Couple of injuries here. Ben Simmons will be out. KD will be out, obviously. Rob Williams is a day-to-day, questionable to play tomorrow, and Marcus Smart is out. Now, let's look at that Marcus Smart injury. No clear timeable return here in this case. Uh, he brought up the possibility that he could remain out till all-star break. Is that good or bad? High ankle sprain. We know what it is. Nothing's broken. Um, Celtics are doing good. Uh they're I believe they're third in offensive rating right now and they're fourth in defensive rating in the league. They're the only team in in the top five car- category for both. Um, yes, it's nice to have Marcus Smart out there. He really helps the flow with, you know, um, the offense and his defense is obviously spectacular having him out there, but Again, let's not rush injuries. We did that last year, I feel like, with Robert Williams. And that, unfortunately, played a negative role with us in the uh, NBA Finals. So what you want at the end of the day is this team to be fully healthy, ready to go for the best playoff push ever. Because you are the best team. Not a single team can beat this team in a seven-game series when they're fully healthy playing their best basketball. So you got eight games left till All-Star break. If that means Smart sits out for the next couple of weeks and then he gets the break along with it, I'm sure damn well he'll be back ready to go after All-Star break on the 23rd. But other than that, Celtics should take care of business tomorrow against the Nets. All you have to really worry about is Kyrie Irving. You're hosting at home. Um, If Robert Williams plays, even better. If not, they could still get the job done. But that's all I have for you guys today. I'll be posting live game updates on my Twitter for tomorrow's game at Celtics Corner underscore. Make sure you go give it a follow. Make sure to follow the podcast as well so you get notified every time a new episode comes out. Until then, guys, I'll talk to you next time and go Celtics.